Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. As always, I just want to thank you for joining us, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of the major podcasting platforms. Uh, Just make sure that you like and subscribe um, and share it with anybody if you think that any of these episodes will be helpful for anyone. Right now, we're in the midst of a series of podcast episodes that is mirroring the sermon series that we're doing called Healing Home, and we're delving into a wide variety of healing topics. So today, we're going to be expanding upon the sermon that we heard on this past Sunday, which was given by our very own Pastor Star Rotbold. So she is joining me today. Thank you for being with us today. And she spoke about relational hearing. Last week, I did an overview about healing in general, and you spoke about relational hearing. So can you explain a little bit of what is relational hearing and what was, or healing, and what was a little bit of a summary about your sermon? Yeah, yeah. First first thing to say is this is a really big topic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That could be couple months at least yeah. in itself so yeah um, so we didn't cover all there is nearly all there is to cover yeah. <laughs> about relational healing so there were three words that we kind of walked through um briefly uh the first word was the, the importance of humility mm-hmm. in relationships the second is forgiveness and the third is peacemaking what that looks like and some practical yeah tips for that and like you said there's always so much more content that yeah, we yeah. Um, when we're preparing our sermons, we're like, oh, I could say these, you know, 17 yep, other yep. things, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't necessarily get a chance to go into that. Right. What were some things that you would like to share with us that you didn't necessarily get the chance to put into yeah. your sermon this oh, week? So much. Um, <laughs> had we had a couple more hours, I would have talked about <laughs> grace. Um, mm. Grace is a big piece that I that I wasn't able, didn't have time to do. Um, and also the, the importance of our mouth mm. and the words that we speak. And they make a difference. You know the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not true. Not true, <laughs> not true. And most of us know that it's not true, and we've heard that's actually not true because we've experienced mm-hmm. um, being on one side of that. I have a little um, sticky note on the side of our refrigerator that says the mouth has three gatekeepers. Is it true? Is it kind? And is it necessary? Mm. And True, all, kind, and necessary. Yeah, yeah. Because it's possible to say something, well, that's true. I'm going to mm-hmm. say this because it's true, um, but is it necessary to say that? Um, or is that or, a kind way of saying that? Right, yeah. right, right. Because the goal as we speak, especially, so we're talking about relational conflict, like relationships that need healing. Mm-hmm. So if you're have if there's somebody that you're, that there's a gap between where you have a need for healing, you really need to be asking all of those. Yeah. Um, you don't have the right to say whatever you want to say, and you need to keep the goal is to restore the relationship. So if what is what I'm going to say going to be helpful in restoring the relationship? Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you could say something like, okay, uh, so maybe there's a situation where you and I had a conflict, and let's pretend, let's pretend that you called me ugly. I could say, you called me ugly. You're a horrible person. Mm. It's true that she called me an ugly person, and so we need to restore that. Yeah. But the way of me saying that, of saying you're a terrible person, that's not kind yeah. and that's not necessary. Right. Right. So it was maybe necessary to address it. So I could say something instead like, you called me a horrible person and that this is how it made me feel. Yeah, yeah. That would be a better way of yeah. handling that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, Char does not call people ugly, so. Not typically. Not to their faces anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, so yeah, and so I think 
what you shared there about um, the is it true, is it kind, is it necessary, that is also something that we can do as preventative work mm-hmm. in relationships of yeah. making sure that you don't need healing in the first place in some cases. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. One of powerful verses encourage one another and build each other up Mm. Um, that's kind of my personal motto with social media (laughs) Um, and things that I share on social media are they going to be encouraging are they going to build people up yeah or are they going to be critical and tear things down yeah Um, so relationships yeah (laughs) we always joke in the office that Char is the nicest person of all of us and we were just saying that before our staff meeting a few minutes ago and we're like, somebody disagree with Char? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. My husband and my kids. <laughs> the people who know you best. The people who know best and see it all. Yeah. But that that's life, you know? Yeah. Well, um, going back to the three words that you shared, um, humility, forgiveness, and what was the last one? Self. Oh, peacemaking. Peacemaking. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, humility. Yeah. During the sermon, you shared a definition of humility that I think comes from C.S. Lewis, but um, it's the idea that humility is not is thinking what is it how's it phrased not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less yes and i think that's an amazing definition i think it's c.s lewis i think it is too yeah (laughs) he has said most of the smart things um but that was that's a really interesting thing because when you're thinking a lot about yourself that can kind of go in two different ways because you can kind of think too highly of yourself and get too much of an ego you can also think too low of yourself what's the difference between those two and how do you kind of course correct in either of those situations yeah well where's the attention being drawn are you drawing Mm. attention to yourself um either by drawing attention to yourself and talking about yourself or the you know the pity party oh poor me i'm Mm -hmm. this i'm you know so sad for me i'm the victim all the time um that is also a way of drawing attention to yourself or I'm worthless, nobody loves me. It's still about you mm-hmm. at that point. So if you find that, that you are the subject of the conversation, um, that's that's one <laughs> course corrective. Oh, how do I get myself out of the subject line yeah. into the object line or put put the subject on somebody else yeah. or make somebody else the subject of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that we should never share our experiences Absolutely and our not. feelings, yeah. but we just need to be have that awareness of, am I giving others space to yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoy this conversation yeah. as well? Yeah. Um, so one of the metaphors that you use during the sermon, or not, I don't know if it's a metaphor, but illustrations of yeah. uh, relational gaps, you kind of talked about how there's a Bible verse that says, in as much as it relies on me, I'm going to do my part to restore this relationship. And so if there's a gap, you kind of said, like, if you're here and you're here because there's some sort of conflict in the, in, in the relationship, you can only do so much to resolve yeah. that conflict. Yeah. You yeah. can get yourself to here, but then someone else needs to do their work of getting mm-hmm. to here. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you would add to that explanation? Well, the, if you missed it, um, Romans twelve eighteen is the verse. Um, in as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super important because I think we beat ourselves up if there's a gap. We we can't handle a gap. Yeah. We want to fix it all. Yes. We want to make it better. We want to take <laughs> care of it. We want to do all the apologizing. We want to bend over backwards and apologize. We want to shower the person with affection, gifts, or whatever. So we work ourselves into a tizzy and there's still a gap. Mm-hmm. And then we're exhausted and we're frustrated and we're depressed and whatever. Um, but the reality is 
I I can only anyone can only come halfway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't. We're not responsible for the other piece. Yeah. So a big part of the growing is learning. Well, I've done I've done my part, and now I need to just relax and mm-hmm. not keep trying and like hitting this brick wall that might still be there, um, because I can't do anything more. No. The other person needs to move, or in in cases it happens where God works a miracle and and moves one or both people almost unbeknownst to themselves, yeah. <laughs> almost out of their own power, and and yeah does the healing too or makes healing possible and that's a hard thing too when you've done what you can in a relationship to solve the conflict but the other person isn't yeah that's an area of surrender that's That's really difficult yeah yeah Yeah. especially if it's say a family member or a close friend or someone you've got a lot of history with Mm -hmm. or you're real emotionally tied to that it's more painful in those cases than someone who's an acquaintance say um it's easier to not stay up late at night or all night long mm-hmm. worrying about a relationship that's not real close. Yeah. So it depends. And then in situations where you've done what you can, but there's still a gap, how do you keep yourself, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if safe is the right word, but how do you keep yourself from being hurt more? That can be physical, that can be spiritual, emotional, mental, um, and I want to be clear, too, that this is not necessarily a lack of safety that is intentional on the other person's part. Right. They may not be have any abusive intentions or anything like that, but um, what do you do to kind of protect yourself when there is still a gap? Yeah, um, well, if there's physical abuse, um, mm-hmm. that's a hard boundary. Yeah. That is... The physical proximity needs to, I mean, there has to be yes. something very structured set in place so that you're not physically hurt anymore. That needs to be taken care of before anything else. But some of the others are a little more subtle. Mm-hmm. You know, like you say these biting things to me or you, there's these cutting comments or these things come out sideways and the words sound like they're kind, but there's a bite to them. And, you know, some things are just more subtle. Um, and it one phrase that I think of often is hurting people hurt people, mm. um, which for me help soften my heart or keep my heart soft towards somebody if there's somebody who's just being unkind or unreasonable um they're doing that because they're coming they're speaking from a place of hurt yeah um so that softens me and tenders me toward that person um i think praying for somebody that you're in conflict with is huge which is the last thing that you want to do is pray for the good yeah. of the person pray that god would shower blessings on that person um not pray that they would realize their wrongdoing or realize you know that's god's the judge we're not yeah. um but to pray blessing and p- pray peace over them and that too will change the way we think and the conversations we have in our heads yeah <laughs> yeah when i think too sometimes people say things even if they mean it it's not they're not saying it because of the situation between the two of you they're saying it because of a completely different thing that they experienced who knows when and that's informing what they're saying now and that doesn't justify what they're saying but if you understand that it may help you to realize okay it's not just Mm -hmm. me that they're reacting to Yeah. yeah and that's a hard thing to experience so we've talked about a little bit about this too but um kind of a similar question on the same lines is um how do you because part of what this is getting at is boundaries Mm -hmm. um there are 
times where it is necessary to establish certain boundaries in relationships. Um, how do you determine when that's necessary, what that boundary should be, how long it should be in place, what are healthy boundaries? Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to vary from circumstance to circumstance. Right, because but... the answer is it depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about it's that a moment ago. It depends. It well, depends it depends. On, well, I mean, if there's physical abuse, well, that's a hard, fast, Yep. you know, that is not okay. Yeah. Um, and you, you have the right to say to somebody that is, that is not okay. Or if someone is emotionally abusing you, you can say that is that is not okay. Um, yeah. And ask them clearly to stop doing a certain behavior. Um, sometimes this comes up with addicts. Um, mm-hmm. If if there's someone who's battling an addiction, you you need to set a healthy boundary for their sake, mm-hmm. um, for their sake, yeah, <laughs> and for the sake of the relationship. You know, I will not engage with you in conversation when you've been drinking. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, or doing whatever drug of choice, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so some things like that, depending on what the behavior is, or. Um, it's not okay for you to talk to me that way. So let's, I'm not interested in continuing the conversation. So let's continue it when we're both in a better frame of mind and we can speak kindly to each other. Yeah. Um, or even I need, I need a month. Um, yeah. Like a timeout. We talk about timeout. And when I talk about with couples about conflict resolution, if you're in a conflict and you're just both heated up, one or both is heated up, call a timeout. Yeah. Don't say you need a timeout. Yeah. Say, I need a timeout. Yeah. Don't point your finger at the other, but but you know, call a timeout. But then the important thing in a timeout is setting a time to come back and finish the conversation. Mm-hmm. Whether it's let's talk about this after dinner, or let's talk about this tomorrow, or or depending on the nature of the conversation, the relationship, um, let's talk about it in a month. Yeah. Now, don't do that with somebody you're living with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but if it's a friend or somebody who's who's out of town or whatnot, and you need a healthy break, maybe mm-hmm. to do some counseling or some reading or some prayer or some reflecting on your own um then when you feel like you're able to to resume the conversation then set a time to do it (laughs) yeah when i just as you're saying that i remembered someone um who he was telling me that in their marriage they kind of he and his wife have a rule of if we're ever having a conflict or a discussion and there are just other things happening with the kids or whatever either one of us can say time out pause this conversation, deal with this other thing first. Mm-hmm. We'll resume that conversation later, either when the other situation is no longer a thing or when we've cooled down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a good acronym actually that helps with that. The word is HALT. Mm. And it's hungry, angry, <laughs> lonely, or tired. Yep. If one of those is going on for either party, don't start the conversation. Yeah. Don't jump on your friend when they are just coming back from a stressful day in the office and they haven't didn't sleep last night yeah and say we need to have this conversation now (laughs) (laughs) not the right time give me a minute (laughs) we'll we'll revisit this yes but take a nap get some food yep it's incredible how like those physical needs (laughs) do impact our relationships they do yeah Yeah. it's crazy hangry is a thing yeah 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 yeah. hangry is definitely a thing (laughs) um so part of the struggle that a lot of people have with boundaries is this idea that like how do boundaries and forgiveness coexist because if we're supposed to forgive everyone does that mean we don't have boundaries with them if we've forgiven them Mm -mm. you can forgiving somebody changes you 
Mm. It changes the way you think and the way you feel about something. It doesn't need to change um, the physical proximity. Yeah. So there, there might be a boundary for years or forever um, that's necessary if behavior isn't changed on the other side. And there's a lot of ifs there, but, um, but you can still, you can forgive. Yeah. And you're choosing to release that person and release any ill feeling and any the the rabbit trails you go on in your head and <laughs> yep. the, the angst and the anger that wants to rise up. You can release that and get rid of that um, by yeah. praying for them and thinking good thoughts about them yeah. and not letting. But but you don't need to mm-hmm. keep a boundary. Yeah. Or, or remove a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's also like I've just learned a lot more in the last few years about the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation Mm -hmm. they're not the same thing that forgiveness is the part that you can do that's your part maybe in in closing that relational Mm -hmm. gap but the reconciliation only happens when both people have done what they can to close that gap and so forgiveness may happen reconciliation may not Mm -hmm. depending on the situation that's true and then trust too is a different thing. Like if you've forgiven them, mm-hmm. you may not trust them. Right. So right. that's especially prominent with like what you were saying with addiction. Like yeah. you may forgive a person yeah. that says something, but you may not trust them anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, along the topic of forgiveness, um, you may also be in a situation where in the relationship that you're in, whether it's a friend or family member or spouse, whatever, where the wrong that they're doing is ongoing. So Mm -hmm. how do you forgive something that's still repetitively happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the hurting people hurt people. If someone's caught up in a cycle of hurting you, they need to get get help Mm -hmm. (laughs) with that. There's something there that's not healed in them, and they're not able... They're not able to stop that until they get some some help. Yeah. So you can forgive them and see not that you're not that it's okay or mm-hmm. that you know to a degree they're they're a victim of something, right? Um, or they're a slave to something within them that they may not be aware of. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and then along similar lines, what if the other person doesn't perceive a relational gap, like? Maybe you've been hurt by something, but they don't even realize that what they said was hurtful. Yeah. How do you handle those kinds of situations where they don't acknowledge either they don't know or they're in denial that mm-hmm. there's this yeah. conflict? Yeah, yeah. And that's where great courage on the part <laughs> of, the, of the offended or the wounded becomes necessary because, yeah, somebody might have said something that triggered something in you that they weren't aware of or that was unkind that they maybe didn't intend or maybe they did or whatever. Um, But if you don't say anything, you can't expect them. You can't hold them hostage for Mm -hmm. doing something they don't know that they did. Yeah. So that's when we need to say, hey, Kevin, do you have a moment? Is this an okay time? Mm -hmm. So we had a conversation last week. I don't know if you remember that. And you said this. you probably are aware of that, giving the ben- unaware, giving the benefit of the doubt, but that that hurt my feelings when you said that. Okay. And then I let you know, yeah. and then and then however you respond determines how the conversation goes. But if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, or you might know but not want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but it's still if it's keeping me up at night, I need to say something. Yeah. <laughs> or it's gonna turn into that root of bitterness inside me if I don't kind of clear the air there. Yeah. 
one, and there was something that I just that has stuck with me from another conversation that I had for a previous podcast episode last summer, where um, I think we've all heard of this the fight or flight response that when oh, we feel yeah. threatened, there's fight or flight. There's also freeze yeah. sometimes where you just like don't know what you do and so you don't do anything. Then there's also a fawn where you kind of fawn over the other person mm. and you just try to appease them. Um, that's sometimes a way of, I guess, perpetuating the lack of understanding that there is a relational gap here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to criticize anybody who realizes that they're doing that in a relationship, but it's just kind of an encouragement to help you understand mm-hmm. and call out, oh, that's how I'm responding. That's a fawning response. Because yeah. I know I've done that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. when there's been somebody frustrating me I sometimes don't want to rock the boat and so yeah, I just yeah. do what I can to appease them yeah, and yeah. not even let them know that something's actually really hurting me yeah 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 that's so the book codependent no more is a really really good book not just for people who grew up in an alcoholic family which is kind of how it was written the codependency piece but that I mean that's a good book that speaks exactly to that Mm -hmm. you know you're unhealthy I don't want to upset you so I'm just gonna do whatever I need to do to keep things calm Mm -hmm. so you don't get upset and that's that fawning I haven't heard it with that word actually before yeah I hadn't either and so I was like wow that makes a lot of sense for me (laughs) it does yeah that's the that's that codependent piece I think yeah to some degree anyway yeah interesting yeah well, yeah, like like you said early on in the conversation, there's so much to yeah. relational healing. We could talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, is there anything else that you would just want to add for the sake of today's conversation about relational healing? And we're, again, we're going to be delving into more topics of healing uh, as we go on in the series. But anything else about yeah. relational healing today? Well, the number one relationship is with us and God. Mm. Um, so in, in order, we're supposed to love God and love others. So having a relationship with the Lord that is front and center in our lives will trickle down to every other relationship that you mm-hmm. have. You know, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human human experience. So Ooh, I've never heard a phrase that way. Connecting, I like that. <laughs> connecting with God. I didn't make it up. <laughs> connecting with God and having that relationship daily and sound and honest um, will trickle down to every other relationship that you have. They say you become like the people you spend time with. Yes. So the more time you spend with God, the more you'll become, you just will. You'll just become with more like God the more you read his word and, and spend time talking to him. Yeah. Um, so that will trickle down. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us yeah. today. And if you have any questions, as always, my email address is in the um, episode uh, description down below. I'll also include a link to the service that included Shar's sermon so that if you didn't get a chance to listen to it or watch it, you can do so uh, there. So if you ever have any questions, please let us know. And as always, we just want to wish you a wonderful and blessed day.